Greetings, citizens, and welcome to episode 93.5 of Paranoia, Fight Together or Die a Clone. Point 5. It's been a while since I did one of these. I usually do it when there's stuff that is supposed to be here, but doesn't really follow the main plot of the story whatsoever, and that's what this is. This is a discussion about Mission 7. There's a lot of stuff to unpack, and, uh, well, it's just not really going to fit in any other episode, so it's going to have its own little episode right now. You know, I, uh, I played a little starting noise just now, but, uh... It's not like I'm cutting to a segment that was recorded before I recorded the intro. I'm just recording this right now. It's just funny to me, I guess. Anyway, Mission 7. I got the idea, the initial concept for this, uh, down a long time ago. It was uh, mentioned several times by now, I think. I thought it would be funny if there was a character called the Installation Wizard. And, uh, you know, this episode is going to retread a lot of ground, obviously, since I'm covering a mission that we just did. So forgive me if I do any bits or funny jokes or tell you about things that I already told you about. But my first idea was sort of the evil sorcerer looking down over the peasant village kind of uh, story, where the the wizard of the installation has, has taken over some sort of installation and is terrorizing the citizens in the area, and you have to go in and stop him. So I was thinking he would be some kind of mutant, and then I thought maybe he would be some kind of robot or cyborg or computer virus, because that would make a little bit more sense for installing things, and kind of ended up being halfway between, I guess. But what I came to realize was that if I wanted to do any funny gags about installing stuff, it didn't really make sense for him to be sort of an evil overlord. It didn't It didn't quite fit. You could have, like, the lawful evil... Uh, you know, trying to get you to agree to stuff kind of guy, but there's, I mean, this is paranoia. The players would just shoot a character like that. You know, I could make him, like, really powerful, like some kind of, like, violet citizen that they can't just attack, but then it becomes less like pitting them against this funny character, but more pitting them against all of Alpha Complex. And, yeah, you know, I pondered stuff like this for a while, but I decided ultimately, you know what, maybe he's not the main villain, exactly. He's, you know, maybe maybe he installs things on people. And and that's just what he does. And something's gone wrong with that. And anyways, I can't remember the entire process. And you probably wouldn't want to hear me go through every thought step by step that I changed around. But that's the general idea of how it got started. There was a previous mission that I did um, many years ago in a different paranoia campaign that I ran with mostly the same players, give or take some. And it had a giant sort of egg-shaped installation that was being uh, precariously perched over a cliff, and there was always a big artillery crew ready to blow it up if the research went wrong. And that was funny to me, but I didn't want to do just exactly the same thing. I wanted to disguise it enough that my players probably wouldn't even really see the comparison. Um, and so I decided, how about it's it's an isolated research facility, and eventually I thought, you know, underwater. Hey, I haven't done that before, why not? And why would you make something underwater? At first I thought, well, uh, nuclear stuff. Water's good at soaking up uh, radiation. You know, good way to shield from that. And then I thought, well, we've already done a lot of nuclear stuff this campaign. So I thought, uh, what else can I do with water? And I realized, hey, signals, uh, light, radio, that all gets uh, soaked up by the murky depths. Granted, they have acoustics that work underwater, but if you weren't using those specifically, then, well, that would be just dandy. You could have a place that's completely isolated from 
radio signals and then installation wizard, software, isolation, computer virus, etc., etc. You can see how I came up with all these things. I still wanted to kind of stick with the sort of vague, weird, medieval comparison. So I wanted to have a dragon, a demon, and a wizard. And they were all going to be trying to kill each other in different ways and also kill everyone else in the process. And so eventually, uh, dragon, I was thinking, like, how can that be a virus or computer-related thing? So then I thought, worm. You know, you could say worm like a dragon or worm like a piece of malware. And thus the main cast of characters was born. And all of the humans really are more of the supporting cast, honestly. Guzman, Angel, the two Indigos, all of that just kind of came later as a necessity for the players to get through and do stuff. You could really change out any of them for something else, and it wouldn't change the mission too much. But they did end up enhancing the mission quite a bit once I had done some work on them. Okay, that concludes part one of this explanation, which is me uh, yammering about how I thought of this and where the concepts came from. Now let's get to the parts that I'm sure most of you are more interested in, which would be the secrets and what actually happened. So, basically, from the top of my document on the mission down, uh, we have some specific stuff for my troubleshooters, um, most of which I actually did in episodes before this mission even started. Originally, I was going to lump in the Repo Men, Lights Picking His Bonus Item, Bee's Identity Fraud Wrap-Up, Comp Note Authority, Threatening to Crash a Buggy into Lights, uh, Polaroid Photography Starting, Voidbot Talking About the Crabs, Final answer on where the theme wants to move their house, these and Kyle getting killed in the desert by a robot, and the uh, Pants Bandit. Those were all on this document, but by the time I'd finished the mission, I realized, wow, this is going to last like 12 hours if I do this all together. So I cut that and made it its own episode entirely. Then there's a few things that are also specific to my troubleshooters, so if you were running this yourself, you would probably want to take these out and put in stuff that's actually relevant to your troubleshooting team. For example, the outfitting officer who hates bees because she threw the buck onto outfitting officers before, giving her a faulty bullet. And some stuff like there being atmospheric control units that Ram needed in the facility. Um, although you could still make that something that your players could just try to steal for money if they wanted to. And uh, obviously there's lots of side missions. Kyle needing to kill installation heads. Lights needing to kill the station AI, Kyle and Lights needing to save the station AI, Ram needing to take pictures with a wizard, which is just a really funny thing to tell someone to do if they don't know that there's going to be a wizard in the mission. And B's doing absolutely nothing because she's not in any secret societies at the moment. Now, I've been thinking it would be nice to suggest other secret society missions that you could do for my mission. So I'm going to start by doing this with this right here. If this were an actual paranoia module being sold, then you would probably want something like that so that whatever societies your players are in, you can give them something to do. And I think it's also a good thought exercise for me, and I'm really surprised with how many people have told me that they want to run paranoia after listening to this, because it's just a really obnoxious game to run sometimes and hard to find people to play with, but uh, I want to support anyone who's doing that as much as I can. So uh, let me go ahead and do that right now. And uh, just sort of brainstorm them live. And if you're trying to come up with secret missions of your own for your own missions, then maybe my brainstorming process will help you. So I will do that out loud, but I will cut out the five hours of me going, mm, uh, mm, so that you don't have to listen to that. So in roughly alphabetical order, anti-mutants, pretty easy, I would say. Uh, kill all mutants is the par for the course. Now, uh, one thing you may have noticed about the missions here, as well as most of the secret missions that I give, is... 
I don't tell the players everything that's going on in the mission most of the time. I try to think about, would this particular secret society actually know what the hell is going on? How much intel would they have? Sometimes the secret society might not have any access to the mission site or the mission briefing. And they might just say, you know what? Do the usual. Which is, of course, for anti-mutants, kill all mutants. Sometimes a secret society might be completely infiltrating the entire area, especially if it's one that the mission actually focuses on. Then they might have some very specific instructions for you. Alternatively, most of the time, I think, it just ends up with them having some idea. So anti-mutants, I think, would probably tell someone, we heard that there's some kind of secret facility here. We suspect that it's probably mutant research because they always suspect that things are mutant research. So if you find any mutants, kill them. And to make it more interesting, I would also say, and if you can find any research data on mutants, either destroy it or recover it so we can learn what kind of mutants they're creating down there. And in some senses, they really are making mutants down there in their biology department. And they're also making other horrifying things in their other departments. Computer freaks, well, (laughs) I mean... uh, Anyone who's in the Computer Freaks will probably have a a really fantastic time as soon as they get on board the station. But I would probably do something pretty similar. I would say, we heard that there's a secret computer virus being worked on here. We'd like you to recover that. Here's a special disk made out of organic fibers or something ridiculous. You can eat it or you can put it in your butt crack and scans won't detect it. Take it on board, download the virus, or download the instructions to make the virus if you can't find the virus itself, and bring it back to us. Communists. <laughs> um, this one's kind of hard. Uh, I guess they wouldn't really know what the hell's going on, so uh, you probably just have the usual communist objectives of destroy friend computer and convert all citizens to communism. Or, ooh, you know a good mission could be for communists, computer freaks, or, or pretty much half these societies? Get them to hack Somp. Somp is a big element of this mission that the players aren't supposed to fuck with, but do have to fuck around with a bit. And that's a good place to get your players to have to do some secret stuff. Because it'll be kind of obvious if they just start fiddling with Somp. But on the other hand, there's opportunities to make it seem like what they're doing is legit. So the communists, for example, might want you to download some communist software onto SOMP to convert him to communism. Now, Corpor Metal, of course, we have uh, two Corpor Metal agents who have been here, so I don't think I really need to discuss that much further. There's a fancy schmancy AI core, there's some robots, plenty of things to recover, save, and if you want something harder than just saving them, then you have to, uh, of course, similarly convert either by download or maybe just by propaganda some Corpor Metal agents. Alternatively, one of the robots could have been a corporal metal agent, and a player might have needed to rendezvous with them and get some data on the facility from that agent, either a physical object or maybe the agent would just tell them something that, that they need to then return and tell their superiors, meaning that they would have to make sure that that clone does not forget that information, either via the memory pills or getting left behind by Somp, for example, so that would be an important element. Death Leopards. Hmm. The Death Leopards would probably think... Man, it's kind of lame that the place you're going to is so blacked out that nobody even knows what's going on there. Even if you did something really cool, nobody would know. 
that leads to a couple interesting things. Maybe your objective would be to record some evidence, such as taking pictures or video and smuggling that out of cool things happening on the secret place. Or depending on if you're in a more um, intellectual section of the Death Leopards, which do exist, maybe they would want you to take cool actions and contemplate whether or not a tree falling in the forest has anyone to hear it. If you're cool and no one knows, is that cool? FCCCP, hmm, the FCCCP Inquisition branch might be interested to uh, have you check up, perhaps check on the uh, projects and make sure that they really are being done to the, uh... oh, no, I have a better idea, Guzman. I bet that the FCCCP would not like Guzman one bit. They would be quite irate at this smug blue who thinks that he's better than people that Friend Computer has judged to be a higher clearance level. You might have to either assassinate or mm, do something to or get some dirt on Guzman. Frankenstein destroyers, of course, we already know. There's plenty of things that you could tell them to destroy. You could pick any project you want or just say blow it all up. Free Enterprise definitely could want some things, and they're quite good at bribery and smuggling. So maybe the players would need to take one of those pods that the players kind of thought about sticking some stuff on and sending it out and then picking up the loot later. Maybe that's exactly what Free Enterprise would do. They want the player to get as much valuable stuff as possible, put it on board one of the escape pods, give them a specific number so they can't use all of them, say, like pod number three specifically, put in some coordinates and send it off, and then... Some of the uh, pickup crew who are patrolling the lake have been bribed or were already Free Enterprise agents, and they'll be picking that up. The player gets more points depending on how much stuff they recover. Actually, pretty much any society could do something like that, so, you know, hey, free ideas. The humanists, I think that the thing they would be most concerned about is the projects going rogue. So they might say, if there's projects that are rogue or have shown the potential to go rogue, then those projects need to be destroyed, and you should destroy all the research data on them so they're never recreated. But any projects that are well-behaved, or that maybe only messed up a little bit and can be redeemed, so the wizard possibly, then those ones should be saved. Humanists have, well, in my setting, the humanists have quite a bit of information, so I wouldn't be surprised if they knew that there were different projects on board. The Illuminati, well, that can be anything, honestly. Uh, Illuminati missions are one of two things. They are a part of a ridiculous overarching plotline that you've construed, or something completely absurd to throw off your players, which you will often uh, have come up in interesting ways. For example, inflating a car tire specifically so that a car crashes and kills someone of a high clearance level. Just giving the vague illusion that everything is all connected can honestly be more effective than actually making things all connected. But it can be fun to try and do both if you're running a long game. The mystics might be interested in some of the projects related to the mind. Mystics are usually druggies, but any kind of psychedelic experience would be interesting to them. So project number three, the brain upgrader, which I'll talk about more once I start talking about the projects, would be very interesting to them. Protech? <laughs> I mean... As you already understand, I think, based on the other uh, technological societies, they would be interested in all these things, schematics of them, copies of them, what have you. The tech societies don't always have exactly the same objectives, but in this case, they really do. Scion, hmm, they would definitely be interested in the wizard. They might want you to 
make sure that the wizard is alive at the end of the mission no matter what, for example. Or the same could be said of the brain upgrader. They might be interested in that too. The scions are mysterious and powerful, so emphasize the fact that it doesn't matter where the wizard is, if he's free or in captivity or still on the station. The scions will be able to recover them afterwards, no matter what, just so long as they're alive. Purge, well, Purge definitely could want some assassination done, as I suggested. You could change the target to Guzman if you want. I kind of gave Kyle a free pass because one of the people that he was supposed to assassinate was already the wizard, so they were brain-destroyed, ego-death, if you will, but uh, that's why I gave him two. He could also just have him want to destroy the entire station. The Romantics. This place doesn't really have much old reckoning tech at all. Or does it? Perhaps you could say that uh, they suspect one of the projects to be of some kind of old reckoning nature, and they want you to find out which one. It could be none at all. Maybe they're wrong. Romantics frequently are incorrect. But you could tell them to recover a specific one, or if you're really just a complete asshole, you could say, figure out which one is old reckoning technology and report back, even if none of them are. And then you just uh, award the player based on how hard they tried, really, and how funny it was. And as for the Sierra Club, hmm, I think that there's uh, a good chance that they might want to introduce some pleasant life forms to the station. Release some cockroaches on the station, or, ooh, I bet they would want a fungus sample from all that algae that's growing on the exterior of the station. Uh, And there you have it. This section ended up being quite a bit longer than I thought it would be, but I had a lot of fun brainstorming this, and I hope that you enjoyed listening to that. Now, of course... Before I cock-block you any further, I'm going to go and get right down to the subject of what the hell are all these projects and what happened. The mission briefing is fairly self-explanatory. You have to put a lot of emphasis on the fact that they're going somewhere secret, that they won't be able to get back here, and that they're going underwater and far away and so on and so forth. I don't think you really need to know about the people. The staff members are are pretty self-explanatory. They are scientists. Uh, they are egomaniacs. They have brain problems. <laughs> I just said I was going to talk about the projects, and here I am talking about everything but the projects. Don't worry, I'll get there. If you were interested in the two mission briefers, Joan I and Claudia I, Joan is the assistant overseer of restricted security zoning, as I think she actually says in the recording. She's in too many secret societies to name. Don't worry about it. Uh, Claudia is uh, the vice president of Sector NIL Cybernetic Assets, which I believe was not mentioned in the mission because that's restricted info, and she's also in too many secret societies to name. This may or may not be important to you, but I thought it would be funny. Uh, One of the reasons that I thought it would be funny, rather, is to have the mission leader be a higher clearance level than everyone else, so only they're allowed to view the information on the tablet. Um, You can also just say only the mission leader can view the tablet, even if people are the same clearance level tied for highest, that is to say. But uh, I think it's funnier if there's someone of a higher clearance level. So you can make the tablet green, for example. Most of the staff don't really have specific personalities. I just kind of randomly distributed them and cause of death or uh, how soon they would die if the players don't get to them or so on and so forth, ways to rescue them. Angel is in his room, and he is the one who I would say is most capable of helping the players out, but also very feisty and difficult to deal with, and he doesn't like any of the other staff members. Jorman is, of course, the wizard, so his personality doesn't really matter anymore. Ira is actually pretty important. She was one of the uh, 
test subjects along with Fox tested with the wizard. That'll be important when I explain the uh, plot at the end of this segment. And everyone else is uh, pretty typical. The AI person likes AI and is probably incorporeal. The digital guys like digital stuff. The bio guys like bio stuff. Uh, just as long as you keep in mind what section they worked in, you can pretty easily come up with what they would say or know if asked any questions. And as I think I mentioned in the mission, uh, their profiles that you can look at on the tablet are mostly just a waste of time, and uh, you can't look at Guzman because he is a secret. Speaking of which, there's really no um, exact answer for who Guzman is and why he's so special that I can give you. In the sense, it's kind of the absence of that information that makes him interesting. If I were to give a specific job, he becomes less interesting, so the players are never allowed to find that out. He's one of the security advisors, so he gets to decide if something is safe to do or not. But he's clearly got some higher authority that he's working for, or, as some people have suggested, maybe he's a higher clearance citizen than he acts like. Maybe he isn't really blue at all. Now, the projects. I'm pretty sure I didn't do a full reading of all of these. I know that I read all the wizard software in one of the episodes, but I don't think I read this. Project 1, I know, was read multiple times. It is the really universal serial bus, or also called the universal device compatibility device. Basically, it's a cable that's supposed to be able to plug anything into anything else, and it doesn't work very well. Project 2 is the brain upgrader. Oh, shit, I said that the people would be interested in Project 3. I meant 2. 2 is the brain upgrader. The mystics and the science might be interested in it. The idea is that it makes your brain, uh, better at processing everything. Unfortunately, it ends up making your subconscious so good that it uh, kind of overtakes you. And don't ask me how, but they keep getting away. They're so smart that they get their host to build the brain legs and parts and attach them to the brain, and then the brain gets away somehow. The uh, most recent project note for this one, which was not read, I don't think, is, well, the last brain in batch four finally went totally brain dead. Even if they survive the initial installation, it seems it's only a matter of time before they lose all brain activity. Whether this is due to damage or overstimulation is still unknown. There's no point in continuing this until neurosurgery advances another few decades. I'm putting a suspension order, and it better get approved, or you better put someone else to work on batch 5. Signed, Fox G. So they might have gotten to know a little bit more about Fox if they'd read that. Project 3 is the Entity Combinator. It is stored in Isolation Pod 1, and as you may recall, it's the big sort of uh, metal room inside of the thing where you can put stuff in and there's a control console. Basically, this is um, stolen straight from the SCP wiki, I guess. It's a device that's supposed to be able to physically combine any two things. You see, the researchers here tried a lot of different ways to get compatibility between organic and digital stuff. Plugging things in, upgrading brains, or just sticking stuff together. Here's the project note. Guzman, you're a fucking idiot. You would actually be smarter if someone replaced your brain with a laundry machine. Go back to electroshocking your nipples to the thought that you're so special and nobody knows who you are. This project is cancelled. You've wasted enough money. Signed, Jorman IOND7. If the players had gotten this research note, of course, they would have gotten a little bit more info about Guzman and Jorman and how they feel about each other. Project 4 is the info worm. I think we know quite a bit enough about that. And I believe we've already read the note, which is Guzman talking about how nice it is but how it's also kind of dangerous and they have to stop working on it until they can get some more countermeasures. 
Project 5 is the living computer. This was the project which was kind of a waterlogged blob that the players recovered anyways. This project is basically destroyed by the time the players get there, although if they had recovered it immediately, I would have said that maybe that could be uh, resuscitated. But since they recovered it, uh, like I decided, uh, no, probably not. It's basically a biological computer. And here is the note. Here's my ex-part PowerPoint presentation on why Jorman should suspend this. 1. I get the idea of starting at the other end and working our way backwards, but wouldn't the other end be a person? This thing isn't a person, and nobody's going to plug their body into it. 2. What is it going to do if you give it digital information? Think about it much slower than a digital computer would? Scream? 3. It screams. Do we have anyone who hasn't heard it yet? Drop by the Biolab for a quick listen. Signed, Ira G. YRA5. Project 6, Infinite Data Generator. You know the general idea of this, of course. It's the thing that stops the demon. But here's the note. I know we haven't touched this thing since 24. 24 here is uh, apostrophe 24, indicating year 324 of the computer, which would be uh, one or two years ago, I think, which gives you a little bit of an idea of how long this station's been around. But hear me out. Let's make more of these. Other than energy depletion or some kind of absolute light blocker, this is the best way to stop the demon. Granted, it would be really bad if this thing gets misused, so let's just reactivate this project and put it in the digital lab. I'll work on it if you don't need me for anything else. Signed, Bobby G. Basically, this thing uh, spits out infinite data. Um, It's garbage, but it's convincing enough garbage that most machines that sort garbage will be confused and think it's real. Which means if the download demon is trying to download something and he accidentally hits the beam emitted from this device with his download beam he will get stuck indefinitely. Project 7 is the supercoder, aka the thing that prints out way too much stuff. The project note is, It works and I regret it. It definitely doesn't have a mind of its own, but it might as well. It definitely could keep that stupid info worm busy for a long, long time. Long, long, long time. Kept us busy for a long time, getting it to turn the hell off when we set it to run a bioscan. Signed, Dennis G. Yes, I should mention, the info worm would also, um... get stuck, so to speak, on the infinite data generator, but unfortunately that would mean that the info worm would get larger until you turn the infinite data generator off, so you probably don't want to do that. However, the supercoder, since it creates um, basically an infinite amount of stuff as long as you keep providing materials, it can make things that the info worm will want to inspect but it can't gain any information from them because they're literally just geometric shapes, so it won't end up getting very much stuff. I suppose it doesn't entirely make sense that the info worm would be distracted by this, but I guess at that point I was more thinking from a game balance perspective, there's got to be something you can use to stop the worm, and uh, I, don't know, I picked this. Maybe I could have done this a little bit better. But uh, I'm happy with most of the projects that I made, so I'd say 9 out of 10 or so is not bad. Project 8, of course, is the download demon, and we've already read about that. Guzman talks about how great it is, but uh, how much we need the infinite data generator to keep it under control, so we need to um, work on that a little bit more. Here's Project 9. The note is, This should break pretty much everything within a 100-meter radius. This does not count as being, quote, safe, unquote, to continue working on Projects 4 and 8. This counts as, quote, Wow, we can sure kill ourselves, end quote. Do not ask me to reopen any projects. Don't reopen projects. Stop. Signed, Angel B. Project 10, 
installation wizard. Well, what can I say? The note is, of course, really tired of dealing with this guy. Clueless, brainless, and never does what I want him to. Software is extremely beneficial. Ira and Fox have been having fun, and the side effects are usually treatable, but it's a hell of a hazard to those clones. Ira 4 and Fox 3 have to be kept in isolation with all the skeletons. I'll talk to Francis about feeding them. The other Francis, I mean. Signed, Jormund I. Well, I'm running out of time to work on this episode this week, so let's do a final section, and the final section is what the hell happened. As it turns out, the problem started when the wizard was taken out for some live testing on clones, specifically the old Ira and Fox clones. The wizard, um, how do I explain this? He mutates rapidly, but not by himself. They keep randomly generating new wizards, essentially, by pressing the generate a character similar to this one option in a video game and destroying the old wizard. Have you ever seen um, an AI try to beat a platforming game, for example? Luigi I.O. is my favorite example. Any kind of generational learning AI algorithm basically explains how this works. The new wizard will be slightly different, and if it performs better than the previous wizard, it'll stay with the information that that wizard has. If it performs worse, then you make a new generation based off the old wizard generations. What they were hoping was that the wizard would become smarter and more useful, and they would stop killing wizards when they're smart and useful, therefore things would work. What they didn't realize was that that's just one of the many possibilities that could end up with them being less likely to kill the wizard. The other being the wizard becoming craftier, more durable somehow, or in this case, somehow able to transmit information between himself and the wizards that were still in the cloning vats. When the wizard was assigning software to Ira and Fox and sending information between everyone, he somehow got some insight onto them. Not very much, but enough to know that Ira had an invisibility mutation and was a member of the anti-mutants, which is not a great combination. This information became implanted onto future wizard generations, and the future wizard generations, when speaking to the newer Ira clones during routine testing, informed her of this knowledge that he had and enlisted her help. Her role wouldn't come up until later, however. The wizard first needed a way out, and Ira didn't have the correct security clearance, so he waited and waited and waited and waited, until eventually he was so passive and docile and tried his very best to be helpful, but just didn't quite do what they wanted, that Jorman said, All right, I'm going to go ahead and download some software myself. Worst case scenario, I have to lose a clone, which isn't too expensive at Indigo level. But unfortunately, he didn't realize that when he disposed of this wizard, he would become the new wizard, which was the other mutation that the wizard developed after months and months and months, 109 wizards dead and regenerated. So the wizard, who is now Jorman, just uh, leaves. He locks Guzman into the pod with the dead Jorman, and um, people are... Uh, bit confused when the wizard is uh, walking around, because it's not quite as perfect as the wizard hoped it would be. He talks like the wizard, and he has a beard. Uh, quickly, he realizes he has to get rid of the people who have realized that he is not really Jorman, but he's not capable of doing anything bad, as he mentioned in the game. This is true. He can't do anything which he thinks would be bad for the citizens of Alpha Complex. 
except for preserve himself, because that's what the generations are kind of essentially being trained to do, is preserve themselves by being good, except instead this wizard is preserving himself by being, uh, insane. The only way he can get rid of those people is by getting someone else to do it, which he does by releasing the demon. This is justified in his mind because he doesn't think that the demon is going to go on a complete crazy rampage, and the wizard believes that everyone's going to start murdering each other if information gets out that the wizard has been leaked. So really, killing these couple people is the better compromise. The demon does what the wizard tells him to do, because the wizard says that they're both going to escape. And he means this, but then the wizard quickly realizes that the demon is a complete psychopath. So, change of plans, the wizard wants to escape alone, and it's time to enlist Ira to do that. His plan is to get Ira to download some software, use one of the escape pods, and send her on the checkup. Once the checkup happens, Ira will excuse herself to the bathroom, use her invisibility to sneak out of the black site, and then, once that happens, she will radio into the wizard. The wizard will destroy himself and take over Ira's body. Ira doesn't know the last part. She just knows that she needs to go outside, signal the wizard, and then hypothetically go back inside. The wizard can do this because, of course, this is the only way to preserve himself as far as he knows. So it's okay to... Well, he's not really killing Ira. He's mind-taking-over-ing. Mind-merging? Something. Unfortunately, the demon realizes that the wizard realizes that the demon is a psychopath, and the demon realizes that the wizard doesn't like this. So, uh, once he realizes that the escape pod is leaving without him, he downloads the escape pod and uploads it again, hoping that the wizard is inside and that he can give him a piece of his mind. But, uh, strangely, the escape pod is empty because Ira has gotten visible to not die. Ira then decides to hide. She still has the communicator to speak to the wizard, and uh, she does so. The wizard just tells her to stay put for now, and he'll think of something. The wizard heads to the control room region to try to figure out what's going on on the station now and find a way to stop the demon, and that's when the players arrive. Are you wondering how the wizard was going to be in range to transfer his mind to Ira? Well, the wizard can't use most of his own software, but he can use a scuba suit. All he has to do is hold on to the bottom of the pod that Ira's traveling in and let go a short while before it actually arrives. Then he'll be close enough to the surface to be in communication range of Ira. Hmm. Scuba suit. Check. Ira on vehicle. Check. Well, now it's time for me to trim this down and upload this. I have, unfortunately, some other things to do with my uh, making money type of work. So I hope you enjoyed this look into Mission 7, and next week we will be back with these secret debriefings and so on and so forth. Here's the explosion noise. And thank you for listening to this episode of Paranoia. Fight together or die a club. Oh yes, one final thing. I would like some suggestions for something in the next mission. Ram is going to be in charge of picking the mission equipment completely by himself. I would like suggestions for anything that you might find in the extremely large troubleshooting armory. The very same one that in mission 4, Bretford grabbed random stuff from and shoved into their bags. I already have plenty of, well, you know what items I have because I've said them all in this campaign. But if you can think of any, um... Weird spy gadgets, especially, or 
you know, very oddly specific things for climbing an Arctic mountain or entering a volcano or weird circumstances that high-level troubleshooters might encounter. I would love to hear anything you can think of. You can also add a clearance level and price if you'd like to, although I might change that, and uh, either put them in the essay forum thread or on the Discord. I would love that very much, and I will credit you with anything that you suggest in the mission where it's used.